When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And today's guest makes me not want to dream. So maybe it's fitting that this is released on Halloween. Welcome Emily Whitehurst of Survival Guide to the podcast. And throughout this episode, it's clear that her band is aptly named. From her start with bands Plinky and Tsunami Bomb, she's always had a part in writing lyrics and melodies. And it served her well as Tsunami Bomb played on Warp Tours and had some pretty great opening slots. But with her next band, The Action Design, Emily expanded her musical palette, and the music just got better. Again, she scored some great opening slots with bands like Social Distortion and earned a bunch of new fans. When The Action Design ended, she and her bassist decided they wanted to keep writing music together. So they forged on as a survival guide, expanding the music even more. But when the other half of the musical duo left, Emily took a hard look at the band and made the decision to continue on. She kind of had to. You can't dissolve a band called Survival Guide. Her first full length as a solo project is called Death Dreams because that's what some of the songs are about. Dreams where Emily died. She's obviously changed how she writes now that Survival Guide is just Emily and it's my favorite release in her catalog. The music is varied and well-written and sometimes spooky. To pick up Death Dreams at srvvlgd.com or wherever you buy music, follow her at SRVVLGD on X, Survival Guide Music on Instagram and Twitch, and check out her Patreon page. Follow us at Performance ANX on X and Instagram. Feed our coffee habit at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Our merch can be found at performanceanx.threads.com. And I hope you don't have death dreams after hearing Emily Whitehurst of Survival Guide on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Hey, this is M from Survival Guide. You are listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. But when you have a chance, you should also listen to my brand new album called Death Dreams. I wrote 11 songs and I would love for you to go check them out wherever you listen to music. Does that work? <laughs> okay. So, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm fixing my, my tripod collapsed. Oh right, no. Right in, ah, there it goes again. <laughs> Crap. What the hell's going on all of a sudden? Oh man. So, uh, what I like, to the way, hey, I guess uh, we'll start off this way. Without, hopefully, without my tripod collapsing anymore, I kind of like to start from the beginning and find out how you got into music in the first place. You know, was it something you grew up with? Did your parents make you take lessons? How did music start making an impact in your life? I did take lessons um, for a brief period of time when I was in 
about second grade or so I took piano lessons, but it wasn't for very long and I did not enjoy it very much at all. <laughs> it wasn't until I heard Green Day for the first time that I was super interested in music. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I felt like when I heard that, I was just like, this is, I want to be part of this. Like okay. whatever this is, <laughs> I want to be part of this. <laughs> And, uh, and I just kind of went from there and started a band at like a, you know, a pop punk band in high school and oh wow just continued, continued from there. So what were you playing in when you really started getting into Green Day? What, what kind of instrument? I was singing and then partway into that first band I was in, I took over on bass cause our bass player moved away for college. Oh, well, Hey, so. Yeah. Jerk. So we were a four piece and then, uh, and then we were a three piece. So singing has been something you've done from the beginning then. Yes. So was it something that you did even before like green day Was it you know, just walking around the house, just singing whatever you, you heard on the radio or was it green day that made you really start doing that? I, I definitely enjoyed singing just, I didn't, I didn't just walk around singing. <laughs> I was, I've never been that, uh, you know, I've always been at least somewhat self-conscious, but I knew that I could carry a tune and I always enjoyed doing things like, you know, in elementary school when we had the, the, what do you call them? Like the, um, not recitals, but you know, like a, like a holiday show oh, or yeah. whatever, and like everybody sing Christmas carols. Yeah. To and, make the entire class get up and, and sing something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always really enjoyed doing that. Oh, and wow. um, I hated it. <laughs> Probably most people did. Yeah. I just, I, I hid in the back and I just kind of, I'm a short guy to begin with. And I would just kind of sink down and oh, nobody can see me not singing. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. Oh. And I loved to be able to like, I loved any chance I got to like do a, you know, a solo section of a Christmas carol or something. So wow. I knew that I, I enjoyed singing and I knew that I was, I had the ability to do it in front of people. Wow. So when I, when I got really obsessed with, uh, with Green Day, I was just like, I can do this. I can do this. So I, I just did it. When you started this first band of, of yours were you doing originals or was it covers or a little bit of both it was both okay. it was definitely the goal to have originals because it seemed like in punk rock like that's what you did you know yeah. like like, like p punk bands would have like one cover maybe you know yeah <laughs> yeah and uh the rest was all originals so we definitely started out with some covers of green day of yeah. course <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Were you writing the the lyrics, the music, or both? Uh, I was writing the lyrics and, um, you know, the melodies, the vocal melodies. Okay. And when I took over on bass, I was writing the bass as well. At pretty much every band that I've been in, I have written all my lyrics for the most part there's a couple of songs where i would work with somebody but uh mostly i've written all my own lyrics and melodies and then i had varying levels of uh participation in the songwriting the like the music part of the song and right. the arrangement definitely the arrangement 
of the song I would I would usually chime in on because at you know that uh has a lot to do with the vocals as well. Oh, true. Was there a a, a moment when you thought all right, this is what I want to do. This is I want to be a musician. I want to be a singer in a band. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh it's always been just that I wanted to see how far I could go with music. Okay. I've always just, I mean, ever since I started that first band, I've just been like, yes, I want to do this. Like, this is what, this is what I'm doing, but I'm not ever going to expect anything from it. Like I just do it to my enjoyment and, you know, hoping and, and working towards, uh, doing more and more, but, um, but I, I've never been like, well, I guess, I guess you could kind of say, I could kind of say that, um, that before death dreams was written, I had a real, I actually had to sit down and be like, am I doing this or am I not doing this? Like, uh-huh. what am I, what am I doing? Cause like the whole time up until then I was just like, well, I'm just going to see what happens. And, and before death dreams, before I started writing death dreams, I really was just like in a very weird place with not sure what, I was doing musically. Yeah. Cause there's a big change, but, and I definitely want to find out a little bit more about that, but I want to, I want to find out that you've got kind of an, an unusual first credit. If I'm, if what I'm seeing is accurate, I use discogs a lot to do research and on the EP B movie Queens, the split uh-huh. with Plinky and tsunami bomb, you you actually do vocals for both bands. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Oh. Plinky was Plinky was the band that I was in before and during. Like there was a time of overlap, but Plinky was the band I was in before Tsunami Bomb. Okay. Okay. And then you ended up using some Plinky songs, or at least at least one. Yeah. With Tsunami Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. We used two. Two. I think. No, we used three. Three Plinky songs for Tsunami Bomb. I oh, think. Cool. So we know, I know at least Mushy Love song was one because that's yes. on that single, which I was looking, I can't find that anywhere. I mean, I can find one for sale for uh-huh. like a hundred bucks, <laughs> but I couldn't find it to listen to it on YouTube. I, I was wanting to hear the Plinky version of that because I've never heard that. So I'm going to have to keep digging that's around. That's so funny. That. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. That's funny. Cause that, that, that we started playing it in tsunami bomb. It was kind of like a carryover. Like, cause when I joined tsunami bomb, there were only like about five songs or so written. Okay. So it was kind of like, well, why don't we use some of these plinky songs? Like ones that would fit. And mushy love song was like, I feel like if plinky had had a, a, a local hit, yes. it would have been mushy love song. It was like kind of a favorite. pop punk isn't my go-to genre so it's but i like that song that's it's really cool and and i like what tsunami bob did with it 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen and it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. When you joined Tsunami Bomb, is that when the Agent M persona kind of came about or were you doing that beforehand? It, that was when that was when Agent M was uh, developed, basically. <laughs> it was just, uh, it was like on a whim at a, at a Halloween. I was dressed up like a, like a James Bond, like a spy kind of. Oh, and, cool. and everyone in the band had stage names, so... Oh, nice. Okay. It's time for me to get one. (laughs) Oh, okay. So was there a reason that you kind of shifted from Plinky to Tsunami Bomb? Plinky just kind of, just kind of fell apart, not in a bad way, but just in a like, oh, our guitar player is like working a ton and doesn't have time anymore. And you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So there was no, I mean, I guess it makes sense because you're using some Plinky songs in Tsunami Bomb. So if it was. Yeah. Yeah a bad breakup, then it probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. (laughs) So from what I understand, you guys did some really cool tours. You had, you know, some really high profile stuff, Warp Tour and and playing with like MXPX and some other really higher profile bands. That was, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. 
And then you started uh, the action design. Was that another thing that overlapped, or was that something that was that happened after the Tsunami Bomb? Um, it was after Tsunami Bomb, but in in a way, it di- I wouldn't say it overlapped, but it did involve our bass player Matt came with me to start the action design, and we were kind of uh, when Tsunami Bomb ended, it was kind of like we were in this place where where nothing was nothing was solid really in the band as far as like our the direction we were going our label situation our management situation our booking situation like pretty much everything we were just like there's something wrong in every area of uh, of our existence so um so we decided to end the band and Matt and I wanted to keep playing together so we started the action design I've noticed something in going through and listening back from Tsunami Bomb to the Action Design to Survival Guide. Each band that you're a part of, I like it more and more the more you go in your the further you go in your career. <laughs> Thank you. Like, like Tsunami Bomb's good. The Action yeah. Design I like a lot. Survival Guide I love, but I want to I want to find out a little bit more about the Action Design. Did did that actually start off as a duo as kind of like survival guide or was that just a fully formed band from the beginning we had a drummer we had a just so we were we were a three-piece in the beginning we kind of didn't really know exactly what we were doing either and then we and then we got a guitar player we switched out our drummer and uh, yeah so we were mainly a four-piece band and i that was when i started playing keys on stage and uh, piano lessons kicking back in yes exactly (laughs) Awesome. start incorporating some synths into the into the sound well that's the thing that i liked about it is that it it expanded the sound a lot i mean you've got your very unique distinct vocals which i think are amazing but you, you bring more elements of, of like maybe some some new wave and all in with the synths and all and it's it really expands it and and that's what i think that's why one reason why i like it there's definitely still some pop punk in it but it's mm-hmm. a broader reach, and I like I like it a lot. Like um, Ten Feet of Snow and The Crossing, I love The Crossing. Those <laughs> Thank songs you. are fantastic. tour a lot the action design or was it more of a regional thing we did uh we did some u.s touring we didn't do nearly as much as tsunami bomb um but we did tour we did tour the u.s our last our last tour was our biggest tour and we were opening for social distortion which was which i was like i thought was going to be i was very concerned about it because i was like we're not punk enough for this tour (laughs) (laughs) we're going to be playing the keyboards and everyone's going to be confused but it turns out that (laughs) social distortion fans have a broad you know a, a, a broad uh liking of variety of music that's not a good way to say that but you know, <laughs> they have a, you know what i mean but yeah they, they have a much 
more expansive palette than you would imagine, I guess. Yes. Yes. Much better said. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you move from the action design to survival guide? So uh, survival guide consisted initially of uh, Jason, who was the guitar player for the action design and me. And we specifically wanted to to do a two piece and just have it be you know compact and easier as far as like managing people's schedules and uh being on the same page with uh, not that we had issues like a lot of issues with the other two guys in the action design we all really love each other but but we were like hey you know what maybe if we went this electronic route and just started messing around like we don't necessarily need a drummer at least not to write a bunch of songs we don't really need we can do all the bass on the keyboards we can get more synth heavy we can add more samples and and do more experimenting with music than we did in the action design so that is what we decided to do it's also easy to pack up a van yeah easier (laughs) yeah easier yeah (laughs) yeah easy is not the right word for sure (laughs) Did the writing process change for you as you're going through these bands? I mean, are you, you know, adding, writing more of the music for, yes. okay. For survival guide then? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. As I've, as I've progressed through these bands, I have had more responsibility of writing the music. I mean, cause in tsunami bomb, I didn't play an instrument at all. And then in action design, it was, you know, adding the keyboards and then survival guide. It was like, well, now I'm doing half. I'm like, I'm doing half of the music basically. Right. And, uh, and that, and then half the music that's why, what? Yes. Uh, so that is why for when it was, when I was approaching death dreams, I just was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I can do this. This is the first collection of songs that I've ever written by myself. And, uh, I wrote uh, all the music for it. So, um, it was very, um, daunting at first and i just i was very uncertain but um but i did it so survival guide is now basically a solo project for you yes is there a a specific writing process that you have now that you're doing everything in your own do you make yourself write something every day whether it's good or bad or do you just let it hit you um i don't well i i haven't been writing since i wrote death dreams. So it's, it, so it's been a little while since then, but, uh, when I was in writing mode, I would often block out like a couple hours of time. I didn't do an everyday type thing because, um, I, (laughs) maybe I was being easy on myself, (laughs) but I would block out some time and just be like, I'm going to write something. I'm just going to, I'm going to do something. And it was really like, it was, an extreme challenge, but also very liberating to have all options open to me as far as like, I could, I don't play guitar, but I could pick up guitar and write some weird progression on it and turn it into something else. Or I could pick up the bass or, um, I could just get out one of my keyboards and scroll through the sounds and see what I come up with. Or, the first one of the very first things that I wrote for the record was the drum beat for Stay Dead, which is completely made out of horror movie sound effects. Oh, and I wow. just decided one day, like I I was looking through through, you know, samples and thought there's so many horror movie sound effects right here. What if I made a 
song where the whole beat is, you know, chains dropping and oh. sounds of slicing and stuff like that. I, I definitely hear the chains in it. And I, I love that kind of stuff. That, that whole beat with the, with the chains, that sounds really, gosh, I'm trying to think it's not, it makes me think of like an old prison blues kind of sound like the chain oh, gang. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I love that kind of stuff. There's a living ghost that's haunting me. He doesn't even know I can plainly see. I don't judge up the day. First, before we, we get too far into the, the new album, I did want to tell you because, like I said, I'm still fairly new to your music. Prohibition is just one of the best songs I've heard in a long time. I that, oh, that song you. is insane. I love that so much. Also, are into baking. When did baking uh, yes. enter the picture, <laughs> or has it always been there? Uh, yeah, it's always been there. It's always Man. been there. My when I my mom always baked. I mean, she still is. She's by, my whole life. So we always had you know fresh cookies in the cookie jar, <sighs> and I loved baking with her. And uh, so I just continue that myself and I love baking desserts or cookies are my favorite, but I also love trying to bake other, other types of desserts. What's your go-to cookie? Uh, probably chocolate with peanut butter chips. Ooh. Have you had that? Yes. But not in a long, long time. That, oh, my son loves peanut butter is my son's favorite sweet in the, on the planet. I think, oh man, I'll get to Go make some cookies after this. <laughs> yeah, chocolate peanut butter is one of my favorite combos of all time. So oh, yeah. that that one is that one's uh, uh, that one's really high up there on the cookie list. That's one of those flavor combinations that I've always loved, but like the last couple of years, for some reason, that's like all I want. Like <laughs> chocolate and pe- like anything Reese's, I uh-huh. would devour. Oh, God. yeah, I'm into it, man. Uh, so, so baking's always been there. You know, you're fortunately for your bandmates, I'm sure. You know? <laughs> yes, I do like to share. Which it's really cool because it's not exactly evident on things like Wildcat, Hot Lather Machine or Way to Go. But it's coming to the forefront now. It's even in your bio. There's a line. Her danceable tunes are somewhat like a birthday cake. Alternating <laughs> layers of Depeche Mode, metric Peter Gabriel and Grimes with strong melodies and vocals being the icing on top. It's making its way into everything. Yes, you're right. I love incorporating treats into things. I I think it's great. I think more people should do. Well, no, I want you to. I want you to keep having it. So maybe more people should find your own. More people should enjoy it uh, in my music. Exactly. Get the treats from Survival Guide. So yes. 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So you are now in charge of everything for survival yes. guide. <laughs> and so you, you mentioned that, you know, there was a time when you kind of questioned this, but the band's name is survival guide. You can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's ultimately I was like, I can't stop doing this. Exactly. I, this is, this is what I do. So I need to keep going. What happened to survival guide? Oh, they quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so baking pie is a cool song. I love the little fifties <laughs> sound to it. I've never heard someone being compared to a fresh baked pie before, but I love it now. <laughs> and I Thank might you. use it on my wife. <laughs> I would, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. And I think about that. You look like a fresh baked pie. I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see what she says. Oh. Let me bubble wrap you. Hide you from his eyes. I just want to get you through these dangerous times. delicious right it is it's comforting it makes you happy yeah yeah so you've got these like little tinges of of 50s like maybe girl groups and and, and stuff in there it's but it's it's not a, a throwback at, at all it's not just a a retro rockabilly song it's got like bits of new wave and rock and it it's really an original fantastic song it's really catchy i love it thanks i'm so glad so did you have a pie in mind when you were writing that one or a person? I did. Okay. Oh, I tell did. Me. I, I, well, I had the cartoon pie in mind, <laughs> like a cherry pie sitting on a windowsill that oh. every character comes by and like, you know, the, then, then they're, the eyes bug out. Yes, of the exactly. Skull. Yeah. And then you hear that weird <laughs> horn that. Boom. And they fl they might float in the air towards it. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you'll see the, you'll see this. The yeah, it's wafting like the scent. It's like the uh -huh. yeah, the animated scent. That's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we get too deep into the album, I keep saying that because I really want to get into this album, but I, have, I do have I, I want to know more about how we got to this point. You've got a live and alone album. That uh -huh. was that the first thing that you did completely on your own. Yes. Oh. Yes. I mean, it's, it's an, it's basically just an acoustic version of other survival guide songs, but that was, I was at a point where I was still kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing as far as songwriting. I don't have any songs, any new songs ready at all. Yeah. And if I want to still exist in this music world, I should do something. So I decided to figure out how to how to play those songs on piano and, um, and recorded that album. Well, that's something that that's completely, it makes the songs completely different and it transforms them yeah. all. You know, that's, and that is pretty much burying your soul. Cause first of all, you've got to take these songs that you wrote with someone else and then strip them down and then you're playing it alone and releasing it for people to hear. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's pretty vulnerable right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely had to, uh, I was going to say come to terms. That's not quite the right way to say it, but I, 
that's one thing that I've had to grapple with in being a solo thing is that I didn't, I didn't realize how vulnerable I would feel at every step pretty much really? of the way. Just like, wow, I've got nobody to make decisions with no one to tell me like, Oh, that's, you know, like let's make the song this way or, Hey, how about we write a song like this? You know, like I, it just, uh, everything, everything is, is something that I decided to do now. And it's, I mean, it's, I'm feeling a lot better about it now, now that (laughs) death dreams is recorded and I'm happy with it. But, uh, but I, for a long time, I was like, I don't know. I just don't know. I've been in bands for so long. Exactly. And you had people to bounce ideas off of and and get opinions about everything regarding the music. And now it's, it's just you. Yeah. It's scary and liberating. I would imagine all at the same time. Yes. A lot of this happened in California, but you moved out to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for San Antonio? Because the music, my understanding is that San Antonio is more, it, it's kind of big into metal. Yes. That's what yes, I heard. Yes, you're right. So Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, it was just like a, it was a career move, basically like a, just a work move. Uh, okay. Okay. It wasn't a uh, survival guide related. Okay. <laughs> like, um, where, where would survival <laughs> guide fit best? San Antonio. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been uh, an interesting, an interesting time trying to find some other bands to play with around here. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask. I mean, have you had much luck finding uh, an audience and, and other people to play with in a town that's kind of focused on metal? Well, it's been a very, I've been doing a mediocre job of trying to incorporate <laughs> uh, myself into this scene. And a big part of that was COVID. But also uh, I was just like, I don't have new songs. I don't, I don't know. But now that, um, you know, and then I, and then I did have new songs and it was like, now I'm getting ready for the album and um, I don't have time to, to re reconfigure my entire solo setup. And I've also been in my mind, like, should I get other people to play with me? Should I have other musicians on stage? Because that's more fun for sure. So it's been, I, I have been playing shows, but not nearly enough to be, to have a good like group of bands that I play shows with around here, but I'm excited to be starting to do that. I do have some shows booked now and, uh, and now that the record is, you know, coming out very, very soon, I will be able to focus more on that. And I, and that's, that's kind of my next, my next step. The new album, there's Death Dreams. First of all, that sounds like it's maybe a San Antonio album there, right? <laughs> I know, it does sound kind of metal, it huh? Does. <laughs> it does. Is, <laughs> is that a through line or is, that a, is there a theme for with the album of, of yes. Death Dreams? Yes, there's oh. a theme, yes. Two, so two of the songs on the album are based on dreams I had where I died. Oh, that's so, messed up. And, <laughs> there actually were three of them total. Oh, um, and the third one just didn't make it to the album. I didn't finish that song. So, um, so there are only two death dreams on the, um, on the record, but I felt like, you know, when I was thinking about the, the album and the song subjects, I was, I just kept leaning towards actually calling it death dreams, even though that's very um, straightforward for those two songs. It just tied in really well 
with the more I thought about it, the more I thought it's like darkness and light somehow. Okay. The, um, the concept of death obviously is very dark yeah. and dreams. Like we think of it as being dreamy. And I, and I kind of feel like those two elements are incorporated in my music. Even if, um, even if you can't really hear any darkness on the surface, it is there. Like there's definitely, yeah. I have a tendency to write about dark subject matter as opposed to love songs or songs about how great my day is or, you know, just positive type songs. Yeah. I have some of those, but I just tend to write darker stuff. So, okay. uh, so yeah, the death dreams theme is just seemed to fit this collection for me. So I don't usually go through albums song by song. This album's tough not to do that because, because <laughs> they're all different. They're all exactly. They're all different and they're all Great. I, I really enjoyed listening front to back. I, I, Yay. When, when I put it on, I don't tend to skip around. I tend to just let That's it That's awesome. That's like a musician's dream. <laughs> <laughs> so the first few songs are awesome, but I love Blood Perfume. Oh, thank you. Blood Perfume. It's one of my favorites on the album. create is fantastic and you know putting a little bit of blood in the perfume it's just oh it's yeah. stellar <laughs> songwriting i love it thank you so much is there any particular anything particular and i'll probably ask this a lot through each of these the songs i want to bring up in particular but was that one of the uh one of death the death dreams, dreams or is that something it wasn't Ooh. it wasn't surprisingly that was i feel like i feel like blood perfume is the darkest song on the record like in in a number of ways but uh that was not a death dream it was just uh it was i was thinking I, I like to sometimes when i'm songwriting i like to incorporate lots of concepts into one song okay and and blood perfume is one of those songs where i was thinking about like in some sections i'm thinking of a horrible relationship that I witnessed where someone is being manipulated. Um, and in other sections, I was thinking more of the ways that we as people are manipulated by just entities, like, like some of these unstoppable things like Facebook, oh, you yeah. know, or just social media in general algorithms. or <laughs> yeah, algorithms or, you know, just even the news when we get so sort of invested in something, then we feel like we need, we need it. And then it, you know, I mean, social media is the perfect example of that, but oh, it, it really can be is. applied to, it can be applied to anything that we, that we tend to get addicted to. And um, social media is definitely addicting. I, I hate yes. it, but yeah. And now with the proliferation of so many different platforms, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard and, and being creative 
you've got, you know, you've got to use, I've got to use it for the podcast. You've got to use it for the music to, to try to get it out yeah. there. Cause it's where people get information now. It's insane. Yeah. We already, we talked about pie and how awesome the retro vibe is. And I hate the word vibe. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine and I hate using it, but it, it has a great retro feel to it and uh-huh. pie lyrics, man. Pie is so old school, but using it in lyrics is so revolutionary to me. Maybe, maybe I, <laughs> Thank you. I just, it's seriously, I, I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, this is just so damn cool. I love it. I mean, cause I love baking. My wife loves baking and I love cooking. So maybe that's, maybe it's just kind of hitting me in the, in the heart. Yeah. The I, I was really, I was really excited to be writing a song that involved pie as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was really into it. I, I should just isolate that and use that for something. I'm really happy to write a song about pie. So, <laughs> so then the next one that really caught me is Lady Neptune. Because like your bio states, you can write some danceable songs. And that to me is one of the ones you can, I can definitely hear playing in a club. But it's got like the most, the catchiest chorus on the album. I, I love it. It's... And I think maybe it's the pop punk influence that I wouldn't, I don't normally gravitate to, but there's something about your choruses that are just big and, and bold. awesome thank you one of the other highlights for me is words 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 because it's so layered there is a lot going yeah. on in that yeah. song <laughs> and you know the you've got and i'm blanking out right now this is the, the phrase that repeats constantly um oh why do i always feel like i'm on the brink yes yes thank you yeah i was gonna write that <laughs> down and i forgot apparently I, I do have my research while i'm at my job so I have to <laughs> sneak it in and sometimes I forget <laughs> things, but, but yeah, that's, it's like a layer cake. Uh-huh. There's so many different layers to it and all, yes. each of them has this sweet icing in the middle of it. I'm, I'm glad you like that one. I love that's it. A, that's it, a, a weird one. I feel like it is, it is, but you know, like, like you were saying before, your, your album has a lot of different sounds to it. favorites i mean that pie blood perfume probably top three but fight me has the coolest bass sound oh thank you that that (laughs) is like it's like joy division new order cure that's awesome bass with this huge chorus that's just big and and with new wave like synth and stuff in it it's just it's 
very for for an album called Death Dreams, it seems very uplifting, and for a song called Fight Me too, yeah. you know. It's... <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote the that song starting on bass. That was the one song on the record that I was like, I'm going to sit down with the bass and just see what happens, and um, and that's what came out. And what's fun is that I just used my my distortion pedal and um, recorded a like a scratch bass track. And we ended up using that same demo track on the, on the album. Oh, cool. I love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the original. I mean, Bob definitely, you know, cleaned it up and gave it a little more tone than it had initially, but, uh, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's skeleton is my, is my demo base. That is so cool. And the, the tone is, is, is fantastic, man, but you did an amazing job. It sounds like, like a Peter Hook bass line it's and I, I love peter hook's bass so it's 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 just got this really cool it actually sounds uh, almost like a clean sound for having a distorted bass but reverby it's just really oh god what what is i don't want to say new wavy because i've said that a lot here but it, it's I, it, I mean i get that though that yeah. makes sense to me okay good well good i, I was uh also when i was writing it i was thinking of um i was really trying to channel uh the bass player from the action design matt oh wow so i was because he's such a great bass player and i you know i what i came up with is not what he would he he has way more bass skill than i do (laughs) but uh but i was just like what could i do with my with my bass skills what could i do that'd be similar to maddie's bass style and uh and that was what i that was what i wrote (laughs) it's great don't feel bad see i told you it's it's, this is so hard to not go through track by track (laughs) Don't feel bad is cool. I mean, it sounds like it was written with someone in particular in mind. Was that, or, or is it you just writing about some somebody? With that per- you're a up? particular. Oh, you mean the subject, yes. like the the, the lyrics? For don't feel uh, yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it's about it's about a specific a specific situation. Oh man, and some specific people. Yeah, for sure. It definitely comes across. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> two albums last two albums last two songs to me they're the most moving on the album and they sound the most like they would be the two that were the death dreams uh, stay dead and i'll picture you oh yeah well i mean i'll picture you was but okay. the other death dream was lady neptune wow that, yeah oh my god that blew my mind wow <laughs> the most danceable song yep. on the album yeah Oh. Yeah, it's about dying. It's about drowning myself. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Did you have this death dream theme? Is there a thread through each song for a death dream or is it just a little more vague than that? 
Yeah, there's not there's not really a thread. Okay, so uh, Dreams like- thread through every song. It it's more. I mean, Stay Dead just happened to be. I wrote that one with those, you know, with the horror movie sound effects. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I just kept like as I wrote the lyrics, I just kept putting in all these. All I had all this imagery of of like a statue in a in a cemetery that's being rained on oh. and that looks like it's crying, you know, like that whole whole type of thing and it just was very easy to continue it on that dark thread and then I nearly named the song Gone Forever but I just Stay Dead just seemed seemed so much more fitting for it. It's also a little more I don't know if it's more I don't know it's, it's a little more to me, why am I why am I why am I blanking on this that guy's name? The guy who who did all the Evil Dead movies. Um, crap. <laughs> Which uh, you mean the actor or the no the producer? Um, not oh Bruce yeah, Campbell. Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Stay Dead sounds like a Sam Raimi thing. More than, <laughs> Gone Forever. That's awesome. <laughs> Gone Forever sounds more sad. Uh huh. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like, stay dead is more like a like an instruction. Yeah, it's like a, it's a demand. Stay dead. <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit about playing live, but this album sounds pretty complex musically. Are you planning on stripping things down or adding people? Well, I so I have traditionally, let's say, <laughs> in Survival Guide, I have played with tracks and I put everything that I can't play my, you know, I only have two hands so (laughs) I can play two pieces on the keyboards. And then I put everything else on a drum pad. I have tracks loaded in there and that's my solo set. So I actually have my first um, practice tonight with a drummer and a bass player slash guitar player, like a multi-instrumentalist guy. So he's going to be playing guitar on a lot of the stuff that has guitar and then bass on the stuff that has bass. And I'll have the live drummer doing the stuff that Bob did in the studio. So, and then, and I'll be doing keys and then we'll still have the tracks because there is a lot of stuff on the tracks that, that we can't, um, that we can't really recreate that I think would be beneficial to have in the live show. Yeah. You don't want to drag around a whole bunch of chains. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's. (laughs) cumbersome <laughs> so, make the drummer do it yeah he's back there like with his chains and a, a chainsaw all right you know the drill you were warned before you signed on you should have listened to the podcast yeah so, do you have plans to play outside of the san antonio area or, or are you just going to keep it regional for the time being i want to play out as much as i can i have booked a few of my own tours as survival guide um a few years ago so I need to dust off my whatever yeah. I need Your to Rolodex. book a tour. <laughs> yes, my Rolodex. Okay. We'll go old school. <laughs> well, I would love to hear this stuff played live. This is just a, a cool album with so many different sounds. So I, I'm so intrigued to hear what you do with it live. I it's I love live music, and this this to me sounds. Like it'd be challenging for you. And I want to, I want to see what you do with it. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to, what, where are you? I live a little outside of DC. Okay. Hmm. A little far. 
unfortunately. Yeah, I can do, I can do, a, I mean, I could put together an East Coast thing. That would be maybe. awesome. <laughs> what is the best way for people to find the album and support you, support, support, support you by picking up the albums, by streaming it, buying merch, watching you when you go out on your extensive East Coast tour? <laughs> Yeah, well, I the album is coming out on vinyl, so awesome. There are some really, yeah, it's on it's on Double Helix Records, and it is pressed to. We have five hundred. Well, at this point, we don't have five hundred anymore, but um, it's getting pressed to five hundred copies and cool. uh, five variants. And we got to like we we kind of went all out on the vinyl. So That's if you awesome. if you or any of the listeners are vinyl collectors, you should definitely check that out. They made some really beautiful um, variants for it, and so that is a really good way to support me because Double Helix has been supporting me and believing in me. And um, yeah, the the more you know, the more records we can get out in the world, the better. Um, of course it can be streamed everywhere and I have some music videos. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but I have, uh, I have some videos for some of these songs already. Yes. They're awesome. Uh, (laughs) They were super fun, super fun to make. Pie looked like it was fun to make. It was, they were all really fun, but yeah, yeah. They were all fun (laughs) in their own ways. And I also, yes, I will be, I will be playing shows out. I'll be trying to play wherever I can. Um, wherever I can book myself, I'm going to be trying to, to play some shows. And I also stream regularly on Twitch. So I do, okay. I do like a, like the kind of like the live and alone style with the piano. So I do a lot of songs that are just piano or some songs I'll just play bass and sing. Oh, cool. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So I do that regularly, like every week. So you're going to throw in any of your covers when you play live, like any, any of the uh, dancing or... Uh, not not right now but i do want to incorporate that for sure it's at this point it's been enough of a project just to get <laughs> to learn all of these brand new songs and to get all of it loaded into the drum pad oh, so man. and like i said our first practice is tonight so i'm not going to make these guys uh learn any more than we need uh, <laughs> for well, now. that's very kind of you that's <laughs> so it, what's the best way for people to follow you on social media and, and get more information uh, I have a lot of stuff on social under survival guide music. And I also have my website and some other spots. I have survival guide without any vowels. So my website is srvvlgd.com and you can find everything there. And you can read about how her music is like cake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, you going to put together a survival guide cookbook at all? You know, I actually am working on a survival guide, a death dreams, uh, cocktail book. By the time this, this, um, this podcast is out, it will be, it's done. It's done. I just need to turn it into a digital format and take some nice photos of these cocktails, but I've created a cocktail for every song on the record. Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) Oh, well, I gotta, I'm going to have to check that out because I'm a big, I I was going to say I'm a big drinker. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I, I like cocktails. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll have a drink now and then. Yes, me too. This has been great. Thank you so much. It's been awesome chatting with you and getting to know you. And, and the music is just 
amazing. It's it's as good as a freshly baked pie. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.